Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can read my articles by following Reviewing the Brew on Twitter. And you can follow the podcast for all of our latest content at Trilogy underscore pod. Trevor, my cheesehead loving buddy, is joining me as always here today. You can find him at Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast, which in case you did not know, there was lots of breaking news regarding the Packers this weekend. So make sure you check that out to stay up to date with what's going on there. But before we get into some Brewers talk, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Like you said, yeah, a lot of Packer news to the point where like I feel like we actually have to put something together for the Packers and not just like talk about, you know, certain areas like we actually have news that we need to cover. So that's always interesting, especially before free agency even hits in a year that the Packers don't have any cap to begin with. And and we got a lot of news to cover. I'm excited about that. Brewers baseball is here and regular season baseball is right around the corner. And I am thrilled for that. Me too. I mean, the weather's starting to warm up. This was my first weekend at home since like early February when snowmobile season began. So this weekend, I cleaned the entire house, cleaned the garage, did a bunch of yard work. It was like trying to do it all in one weekend. So definitely the weather warming up gives you that vibe and gets you excited for baseball. So unfortunately, I have to talk about some injury notes because the Brewers have just been plagued so far with injuries throughout minor, throughout major league camp here. So I kind of laughed when I wrote up our agenda here, Trevor. I put injury report. Like, normally that's what we talk about for a Packer pregame podcast. And now here I am talking about it for Brewer spring training. So bear with me here. Here is the list as of March 14th and what's going on. Luis Urias returned today to action from a hamstring injury. Lorenzo Kane is still sidelined by a quad injury, but is expected to play in a game by next weekend. Ray Black is on the mend from an elbow injury. He is expected to be on the mound by the end of this week. Minor leaguer Thomas Jenkins is shut down with a flexor strain. Zach Brown is shut down with shoulder fatigue. Mark Mathias is out. He had an MRI on his shoulder, and they did not reveal the injury, but they said it was a significant injury, so likely going to miss some time there. And then in today, Sunday's game, Derek Fisher went out with some hamstring discomfort, and then Adrian Hauser left with thumb discomfort. So absolutely crazy. I I don't know what's going on. Hopefully this is not the theme throughout the season because all these injuries are just unbelievable. I think it was Rock on, what was that, Saturday's broadcast, bringing up to David Stearns that it's been a pretty uneventful talking about uh, injuries to David Stearns. And now you're coming at me with, you know, however many injuries you just said. So I think it's fair to say that we can blame this on Rock. (laughs) Most certainly. Speaking of Rock, if you remember Jack Stern, we've had on the podcast, friend of the pod, he's making a Rock bingo card. So when he says stupid things on the broadcast or, you know, gives like catching tips or, you know, something like that, yeah, you get a spot on your bingo card. So I haven't seen him post a picture of that yet, but that'll be fun to play along with as the season goes along. <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Wish I was smart enough to think of that, but it should be hilarious. <laughs> All right, so some actual debate here. I don't know where you're going to side on this, but 
All indications at this point seem to indicate that Freddie Peralta is going to be in the starting rotation. At first, they announced that they're just slowly going to stretch him out. And now it seems like he's worked his way into a starting job. A lot of it has come with the fact that he has a slider. So he added the slider last year, but he changed the grip this year to more resemble, resemble Trevor Bowers. And when he displayed it in his last outing over, I think it was Friday, it was it was insane. He threw a lot of off speed, that slider included, and he now has three really good pitches, it appears like, to go for go with. So if Freddie Peralta is in the starting rotation, are you a fan of this or are you all pro Freddie Peralta in the bullpen? I I like it. I think that's what the Brewers paid him to be when they paid him, what was that, last offseason, two off seasons ago? Whenever that was. That's what they paid him, believing that he was going to be able to do sometime in that five years that they signed him for. So I like this. I, I like the idea. And if it doesn't work and he has to go back to the bullpen and he thrives again in the bullpen, what does it hurt a couple games, maybe five games that he pitches and he just doesn't have it and they move him back to the bullpen? Five games in a 162-game season doesn't really matter. So let's let's let him try to figure this out. Let's get him in that starting rotation. He has the potential to be a good starter. And yet he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be better than Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. But he can fight with Adrian Hauser for that 3-4 spot. And you're starting to really love not only the pitching – the starting pitching rotation now, but the potential of that pitching rotation in the future, because Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff still can get better. And I would like to argue likely will continue to get better. Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser are still in that range as well, where they're going to be getting better. If they all hit, that's a top four in a starting rotation. That's going to envy pretty much anyone in the league here in a few years. So I like the move. If it doesn't worse work, no harm, no foul. Move him to the bullpen and let's get him into that role. And then after this year, if it doesn't work again this year, then I would say, okay, let's just keep him in the bullpen. Yeah, it's always been the dream. Like you want Freddie Peralta in the rotation to succeed there because we saw in his debut back a few years ago, what he had like 13 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts in his MLB debut, whatever it was. So, you know the stuff. He has the stuff to strike a ton of batters out. In fact, I figured you'd get a kick out of this. In spring training so far, he's recorded 11 outs. Ten of them have come via the strikeout. So his K per nine ratio is 24.5 right now. <laughs> wow. wow. Obviously not sustainable, but those are some really funny numbers when you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the signing though too. Like that was a low key really good signing it was five years it's like three million dollars a year that was last year when they gave him that extension so he definitely can outplay that as well and you mentioned like yeah I think this year he, he could compete for Hauser at that third spot but like what is Freddie Peralta's ceiling that's a a really good question because if he's striking batters out all the time yeah he, he could be up you could have a three-headed monster in starting pitchers and teams wouldn't know what the hell to do but I also think the floor of Freddie Peralta is, is pretty low as well. So 
But then again, like you said, when when he's at his lowest, you stick him back in the bullpen. So he always seems to find his groove back there again. So I'm intrigued to see what he can do this year. Yeah, I like how you put that. I like like his floor is relatively low. Even even his floor though, his floor is he can't make it in the starting rotation, and he's been a solid arm in the bullpen. So it's not like he's just not an MLB player. He he's gonna be an MLB player. And he's he's a good MLB player, good contributor. It's just can he get closer to that ceiling? Because right now he is really, really, really close to that floor, if anything. Like we've seen the spurts of great highlights and, and all that stuff, what we could see from him, but he's nowhere near that ceiling. And I like I said, I don't think he's gonna be better than Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, but he could get close. And if he gets close, like you said, that is a crazy three-headed monster. And then who knows? Maybe an Adrian Hauser in three years isn't in the mix, but you got some other up-and-comer. I don't know. He's been struggling this spring training, but maybe by a guy named Ethan Small. You know, you got that lefty, little change of pace compared to especially Burns and Woodruff. You know, just a little different style of pitcher than those guys. That would be something as well. And and. Ethan Small has never been, you know, since the Brewers drafted him, he's never been a guy where they're like, yeah, he's going to be a number one starter. No, he was going to be a mid to low tier starting rotation pitcher. And that's what they were expecting to get out of him. And if these three work, he's going to be a damn good number four or number five, depending on who else is up there. But that's that seems like a nice thing to have. And to me, you have to give Freddie one more year, one more year if it doesn't work this year. And maybe you give him a couple different attempts this year. You start him right away, doesn't really work out or he's not fully extended. Maybe you get him back in the pen for a couple of times and then get him back in. And if it doesn't work this year, it doesn't work. Let's move on. Let's keep him in the bullpen as that long type relief, you know, Brent Suter type of role, but not really a spot starter at any time. And let's move on from there. But right now, because of that ceiling, like you're talking about, Tyler, he deserves to be in the starting rotation and given another chance. For sure. And in years past, it's been the first inning that he always seems to struggle, give up a run, a crooked number in, and then he kind of settled in to the groove because they were using openers for him a couple times a few years mm-hmm. ago, and it was working. So we'll see how he handles it this year. And you mentioned Small. I'm obviously really hyped about him, but Aaron Ashby has been, his hype train has been increasing so much this spring training here. He had been turning heads, and of course, sure enough, after he his first two outings, he had two innings pitched, all all strikeouts, six strikeouts, and then this weekend he struggled. He lacked command and was a rather rough outing. So, but as like a guy who's in the minor leagues and he starts in the minor leagues, you look forward to what the potential he could do in starting rotation, bullpen, whatever he ends up being. He's another great arm to think about as well. So that being said, there was quite a lot of moves made by the Brewers. They announced where some minor leaguers will be starting. So Alec Bettinger, Dylan File, Mario Feliciano, and Corey Ray were all optioned to AAA. Dylan File is likely going to be put on the 60-day injured list. He is recovering from elbow surgery, so not much to look into there. Expected to be ready by midseason but then also reassigned to minor league camp, which essentially just means that the Brewers haven't announced where these players are going to be starting the minors yet, was Tristan Lutz, Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, 
Clayton Andrews, Dylan Cousins, Thomas Jenkins, Miguel Sanchez, and then Quinton Torres Costa. Out of this group of players here, did any of them surprise you? Did you were you, you want to see someone else on the list, not see them, or what were your thoughts? I just can't believe Garrett Mitchell isn't on the major league roster. <laughs> I mean, that guy's been absolutely unbelievable. But um, on a serious note, a lot of these names really don't surprise me, and there's you know, there's still plenty of time of spring training left. We got, what, probably two or three more weeks left before opening day. So we got some time to figure out this 40-man roster. So the names that you listed here really do not surprise me. It'll be interesting to see if we do see any of these names this year in any sort of contributions, whether that be, you know, call-ups late in the year. And Tyler, September call-ups are decreased now right it's not as big of a correct i believe it's 28 players this year kind of same as it was supposed to be last year okay so you know there's not like the craig council september call-ups of the past where he can just call up anyone and everyone and that's you know how the great was that 2018 how that season ended and and how they were so great in september part of that was having all these players that came up and had meaningful impacts. We don't get that, but I still, there's still going to be some, some player probably on this list that's going to come up and get a role. And if they can have a good contributing role, you know, that could be the difference between the Brewers in the wild card and the Brewers in not in the wild card game, you know, those types of things. So um, that's always, you know, when these types of moves happen, it's always like, okay, when are we going to see them in the regular season in Miller Park? Oh, shit. American Family Field. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. Um, but when are we going to see them in Milwaukee in the regular season? You know, that that's always what I – because there's names on here that I am very excited about. And a lot of Brewers fans are very excited about. So I just can't wait to see some of these guys up in the majors. For sure, and it's glad I'm glad to see Feliciano starting in AAA. I mean, it makes sense. He was added to the 40-man roster this offseason. If you think back to his last minor league season in 2019, it was primarily spent at high A. He did log 12 at-bats in AA that year, but he's continued to progress. Obviously, being on the 40-man roster, they want to keep him in Nashville, seeing that higher competition. I think I'll be interested to see where they place Bryce Terang. Thinking back to the last full minor league season, he was an A-ball. And in spring training this year, he mashed a really long home run. But he's also had some struggles, some ups and downs, in particular from a batting standpoint. So I'm interested to see where they place him, where you think he is in terms of his progression at this point. Is he a double-A player? Is he a triple-A player? Probably not. But uh, that'll be something to look forward there. And then you mentioned it, Garrett Mitchell. So the dude is unreal on saturday he had a home run on sunday he hit a grounder to a, the second baseman who was playing in his normal position and he beat out the throw <laughs> the dude has <laughs> wheels he's becoming a a human highlight reel he's reaching base like seemingly every time it, like you said you're surprised you kind of joked you're surprised to not see him on the mlb roster but like the way he's playing he is turning heads and i seriously think it's turning up his 
ETA to the MLB, which probably not going to be this year, but it's definitely getting a lot shorter and a lot closer by the spring training game. Unfortunately, haven't been able to to watch a lot of the games, but I did watch and I'm still not 100% confident, but I think it was Saturday I watched some games or one, the game, I guess. I was able to watch that, and he definitely is very, very exciting. I wish I was able to watch the game today and watch that play where he beat out that throw. That is ridiculous, and even with, like, all the Aaron Jones news and all that kind of stuff from a Packers side, my Twitter feed was still blown up with Garrett Mitchell-type tweets from Brewer's Twitter because it was – that's incredible. Like – that doesn't happen. And I did see him get thrown out on Saturday on a steal, but that was a goddamn perfect throw. Like, if that throw was off by inches, it wasn't going to get him, but it was just a perfect throw. The I believe it was the shortstop came over, didn't have to move his glove at all, and he was thrown out. But, yes, this guy is super exciting, and it was kind of funny when Drew Rasmussen was being interviewed by Sophia Minert, and he hits, uh, that was right before he got thrown out, he hits the single up the middle, and he just says, drops the question, and just said, man, this guy's electric, and it, it is super exciting, and I cannot wait to see him in the regular season playing for the Milwaukee Brewers, because he is so much fun. Yeah, and that hit when Rasmussen was being interviewed was against a left-handed pitcher. And he's, so he's collecting them for no matter who he is facing. And he did get thrown out again on Sunday trying to snag second base. Uh, it was rather an awkward-looking slide, but, you know, we all can't be perfect. So <laughs> Garrett Mitchell is certainly doing a good job anyway. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. It certainly is looking really bright. He obviously needs to get a full minor league season, I think, underneath him to, you know, we want to see what he can do over the long haul and throughout his first real professional season of baseball. So double A, triple A, I don't know where they're going to start him. Be interested to see in that as well, but certainly is going to be a very good player, I think, for the Brewers many years to come once he finally reaches the show. Anything else we did not touch on at all today, Trevor, that you'd like to discuss? No, I don't I don't think so. I don't have a lot of other information. Like I said, I haven't been able to watch most of the games. I was happy to be able to finally watch one on Saturday. Uh, I was able to, to get all my homework done on Friday, so I actually had a weekend this weekend. Um, got to go kayaking yesterday, Saturday. Got to watch the Brewers on Saturday, you know. It's been a good weekend, and I'm just excited to continue to see Brewers baseball and to continue watching guys like Garrett Mitchell because it's it's just so fun. Enjoy it while we have him here, um, and then hopefully you know we can see him a little bit more often in the coming years because it's going to be a lot of fun watching this kid grow and you know that having Garrett Mitchell and Christian Yelich for however many years that will, you know, basically till Christian Yelich is, it leaves Milwaukee, that that's going to be a fun two thirds of the outfield to have those two guys. Then you add in Keston. Woo, woo, woo. It'll be fun. 
<laughs> Ooh, that's actually a really good point. So obviously Mitchell's turning some heads here this spring training. If you had to guess right now, who's going to be the better MLB hitter throughout their career, Garrett Mitchell or Keston Hira? Oh, that's so hard. And actually, initially it was hard for me because I saw you post this on our podcast Twitter, um, this exact poll question. And initially I was like, damn, that's a hard question. But then I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Keston Hira has proven more. And as excited as I am about Garrett Mitchell and the tools that he has, the speed, all of those things, if we're talking pure hitter in this moment, I am going to guess Keston Hira will be better. But based on what's happening this spring training, Garrett Mitchell, like you said earlier, Tyler, is really turning heads. So, you know, maybe there is more of an argument and the strikeouts for Keston really frustrate me. But I think we've just seen more professional baseball from Keston and any guy can get hot. Ask um, Ben Gamel last summer camp. Any guy can get hot. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with Garrett Mitchell, but I've just seen and heard a lot more from Keston over the last few years than you know, the the 10 days we've seen from Garrett Mitchell in professional baseball. Yeah, that's fair. And Keston Hira respectively won that poll 57% to 43%. And really, they're really kind of two different offensive players. If you think about it, like Keston Hira knows how to use all aspects of the field, but has a lot of power and then obviously a lot of swing and miss to his game. I think Garrett Mitchell is going to be a higher average, better contact player and can utilize his speed because he's Definitely has the advantage there compared to Keston, not to say he's slow at all or anything, but definitely a quicker player. So it'll be nice and fun to watch, and maybe we can revisit this argument in a couple of years and, and reevaluate. So that would be ideal. For now, as this podcast is coming out on Monday, we are 17 days until opening day. Kenta Maeda will be taking the hill for the Twins. That was announced today. The Brewers have not announced anything yet, so we will stay tuned for that. Odds are it will likely be Brandon Woodruff, but who knows? Craig Council likes to throw curveballs out there every now and then. So we will be back with a podcast to you later in the week, recapping some more spring training action. So keep your eyes peeled for that, and I'll talk to you later, Brewer fans. Justin Stearns.